Kia ora e and welcome in to this is what we believe will be <laughs> the final lockdown version of this podcast for this year. The last one. The last one this week at least. Who knows if it'll be the last <laughs> one. I probably shouldn't jinx it. But anyway, here I am with Clint and Kath. Hello, Clint and Kath. Kia ora. And, uh, and we are talking about holiness and, and bringing a series that we began back when we were living our best lives in August. And we had two glorious weeks of this series uh, before we descended into the pits of uh, Hades, otherwise known as uh, this never-ending lockdown. But uh, here we are at the end of this series uh, several months later, and we've covered some ground. Uh, and, and really um, anchoring this whole conversation around holiness with a W within this, this broader idea that we began with, really, which is that to be human uh, from the perspective of Christian faith can be understood as this idea of being called to flourish in our relationships with God and with self, self and with others and with creation, uh, that this isn't some kind of perfect sort of behavioral code as much as it is this invitation to, to cultivate um, health and well-being in these relational domains of our lives. Um, and so we've been exploring that in a number of different ways from some different angles, uh, talking about our own lives and how to manage ourselves, uh, but also thinking about our connectedness to others, our connectedness to creation, and of course, and hopefully threaded through all of those conversations, a sense of connectedness to God. So what we wanted to do in this week's podcast is to talk, uh, I guess, really a, a reflection on, on the series overall and some of the things that have stood out to us and some of the um, things that that's meant and some of the implications that have arisen as a result of what, what those things might have been that have spoken to each one of us. So uh, this is going to be a, a reflective uh, episode, really, of, of us sharing some of those thoughts. And we're going to start with, um, with Kath here. Kia ora, Kath. Kia ora. And and the question here is, which we're all gonna we're all gonna have a crack at, is this idea of what what have we actually gleaned or valued? What has stood out to us over this whole uh, three or four month series on holiness with a W? Yeah, I've um, valued the uh, korero, the korero that's focused um, on bringing together our ordinary lives, our ordinary everyday lives and our faith. And I think about the um, the verse in Romans 12 that says, God helping you take your everyday ordinary life, your shaping, eating, sorry, your sleeping, eating, going to work, walking around life and place it before God. And I'm just going to add in there, kind of do it with God. And um, we're sort of finishing off the series actually in the the liturgical calendar season of ordinary time and sometimes when I think about ordinary time it can seem a little bit uh, dull um, it's kind of full of things it can be seen as full of things that I have to sort of get through to on the way to something far more exciting but I think for me this series has actually captured um, a snapshot in some way of the ways of being in our ordinary um, lives that are also woven with this um, beautiful concept of Holy Spirit and God. Um, God is in my ordinary everyday life. Uh, my whole life is holy, like all of me, um, what, I, what I do, the way I act, uh, my beliefs, my experiences. So all my life being a representation of sort of, of Christ and, and living out that way. And when I view my life this way, um, 
I see that living a whole life is also uh, living a holy life. Um, it's like the Holy Spirit is always working, speaking, shaping all of my life and holiness and wholeness in my ordinary life, all uh, weaving together. And this series is, yeah, it's been a snapshot of that for me and beautiful snapshot. Mm. That's cool. Are there um, ways in which you see some of that kind of feeding through into your into your ordinary life in this season or, or that might be like things that have... have you've been reminded of or that have spoken to you that that can actually be sort of put into practice in your life, either have been or, or could be? Yeah, one of the uh, ways for me, I think, has been to change um, my language around this because if I if I say that all my life is spiritual and all my life is holy, all aspects of it, then I have to uh, have language and, and practices that kind of, that represent that or all that reflect that. Um, so sort of the way I've kind of had to outwork that and practice that, I guess, is moving away from kind of labelling certain aspects or certain things as spiritual or a God moment. And um, just in the way I talk even like, oh, I went for a, a walk this morning and, and that was a really God moment rather than sort of uh, viewing all walks as God moments or all walks as as spiritual so yeah the language um around that and and also like viewing um everything that I do as spiritual rather than uh certain moments like I live in a um house <laughs> obviously yes a house with a, a bunch of teenage boys who are quite sports mad and they are often at um, sports trainings and practices and often I am their taxi or we're their taxi for that but it kind of yeah sometimes it can kind of feel like you're in the car you're just you're being the taxi service and it can sometimes feel like maybe that's not a spiritual moment because it's just this I'm being a taxi um, for a sports practice and usually the sports trainings are at the worst times of night you know kind of five thirty on a Tuesday um, and it's easy to not view that necessarily as a spiritual thing is, but if I change my thinking and my language and I'm like, actually, this is, this is my life right now. And therefore, because it's my life right now, if God's in my life and Holy Spirit's in my life, then this is um, a spiritual moment because my whole life is spiritual and God's in all of that. So therefore he's in me being a taxi driver at 5.30 on a Tuesday mm. night. Mm. Awesome. That's cool. Um, yeah, I like that. I like that um, that invitation, if you like, to recognize uh, the meaning that is in some of those moments that otherwise we might miss. Um, Clint, what about yeah. for you? Um, what, are, what are some of the, the big things that have stood out to you in the series that we've been talking about over the last few months? Well, over the 13-odd topics that we've talked about, mm -hmm. um, we started with... Uh, knowing ourselves and embodiment and I think as we've journeyed through the 13 odd weeks um, of the series I think we've almost ended listening to each podcast I've come back to that whole idea of now I know myself more as a result of this journey and I understand how I embody uh, life more um, because of this journey by listening to uh, these podcasts and reflecting on what's being talked about and 
yeah, so well, I feel like I've almost come full circle, and it's been um, a rewarding and a, an enriching experience um, as a result. Uh, and I've realised we are very complex people. <laughs> the yeah. human species is incredibly complex. Uh, mind, um, body and spirit is so beautifully interconnected and entwined. And um, listening to the likes of uh, Julia and Shirley and um, Katerina and, you know, some of the other um, speakers yeah, just reminded or it's just really highlighted vividly just how beautifully complicated and complex we are hmm. in light of um, us as individuals, but what that means from a, a community perspective, what it means from a society's perspective, uh, what it means from uh, um, a, uh, a relationship with with a complex God um, and a mysterious God and a very complex created world as well and so all of those three dynamics uh, relating or trying to relate um, well together is incredibly complex and incredibly interesting and uh, I yeah I just yeah I think it's just it's fascinating but incredibly challenging mm. as well and uh, so I think that's at a, at a higher level I guess that's what I've um, that's what's really struck uh, or stuck with me uh, the other thing that I've really appreciated is the fact that we have done this through uh, lockdown because it's actually stripped away aspects of life that has allowed a bit more space to think and to experiment and to process um, some of these things we've been talking about. And so it's been, you know, quite a, a great time uh, I've discovered to... To slow, be a bit more slower, be a less, and my life being a little less complicated in, to, in certain, certain aspects, um, to actually think these through and, yeah, and as I said, experiment and um, do a bit of a, an internal journey on some of these things um, around uh, mental health um, and, yeah, how I embody the world, how um, I, I'm wired and that kind of thing. So, yeah, I, I found it quite... A, um, quite beautiful and quite um, enriching. I think the other thing that I have really valued or, yeah, appreciated is our discussion around holiness um, in contrast to the word or to the aspiration to be holy. And I think what we've unpacked is that because we're quite complex creatures, um, you know, the aspects that we've talked about, about navigating crisis and dealing with grief or, or processing grief, these these are actually a natural part of who we are and what life means. And that actually means to journey through those things is actually part of being whole. It's part of, mm. it's part of you know, uh, holiness is about you know, traditionally being about a, a moral code or mm. or, a, or a, a whole lot of uh, do's and don'ts, but it, it doesn't really articulate or encapsulate the complexities of life. Mm. It doesn't it doesn't encapsulate um, the those stressful moments, those busy moments, those grief um, and uh, and and um, heartache moments. Uh, it doesn't really encapsulate those real joyful and exciting moments. And I think what we've um, been talking about is our life as 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 whole, and in, in the fact that it's very diverse in in all its facets. And um, 
rather than, you know, just looking at how I behave or how I don't behave mm. in order to to be, be in, in the, on the right side of God, mm. shall we say. Mm. And so I think that's, you know, I think it's helped define what it means to be human, what it actually means to be holy, um, and what it actually means to be perfect. Um, and I think that's a real... Um, there's a maturing there, an opportunity to mature our understanding around some of those things. Mm. So, yeah, that's, um, I guess, at a, at a high level, um, you know, what I've, I've, I've really valued. Um, mm. Yeah. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, it's interesting thinking about that, those different ways of thinking about the language of holiness itself. Uh, and, and, you know, if you'd asked me as a younger man, uh, about the idea of holiness, it would have been about sort of, you know, not drinking, not smoking, um, not watching porn, uh, yes, <laughs> um, not swearing, <laughs> and having you know long quiet times in yeah. the morning. You know, that mm-hmm. would that, those would have been the main categories probably of thing that like would have been really impressed upon me. Like this mm, is this is mm. what essentially makes me holy or not. And a slip up in any of those areas means I'm not. Yes. If you know what I mean. Mm. Um, and it's not to say that, that those things aren't important to talk about in our lives. Of course, they very much are. But it's such a thin or kind of shallow way of thinking about yes. this much richer idea mm. that invites us into the sense of what it really is to be human and, mm. and, and to grapple with and live through the complexity of, of life. Mm. Um, as we think about that, you know, what does that look like for you in your in your sort of day-to-day life? Um, you know, Kath was talking quite a bit about the sense of, of the ordinary day-to-day lived experience what what is what is some of this which can sound wonderful uh, what does it what does it look like for you in your in your real life i think the main um aspect which has kind of filtered through a lot of the the conversations that have been had over the podcast is the um the challenge of being present in the now and i know um i remember katarina um, discussing that early on in the, the the series about finding peace in a busy world or hypersensitive world, and um, that really um, stuck with me. And uh, in the sense of we we're always chasing the next or sorting out the next or worrying about the next, um, but missing the now and the moment and in the present. And that connected um, for me when Shirley talked about the the green and the orange and the red mm-hmm. parts of the brain and how um, the, 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 if I remember correctly, or how I interpret it is that the green brain was when you are present with what you're actually thinking. So what you're thinking is present with what you're actually doing and, and being at that, that same time. Uh, and so those two things particularly connected together, um, I was... I was quite intrigued and I've been exploring, you know, the, the power of that or mm. the, the benefit of that. And so um, just finding, um, I guess, a new way of, of slowing and having Sabbath moments that aren't necessarily um, whole days of doing nothing, but just moments of experiencing the now. And I've actually found it's um, benefited my sleep a bit. Um, so I'll lie in bed um, or wake up in the middle of the night um, with a whole lot on my in my mind, on my brain, thinking through, um, you know, those mental download moments, uh, and then I would just usually I would get up and then I would, you know, get up and do something because that was kind of the rule: is you don't lie in bed, you get up and reset and then go back to bed. But what I have been doing is lying in bed um, and just listening to my breath, 
or feeling the sheet on my on my cheek or uh, the pillowcase on my cheek or feeling what my feet look like and just being in the moment in the presence of what my body's feeling and and, and doing at that moment and within 30 seconds a minute I'm I'm back to sleep I'm I'm gone and so I've just been really experimenting going for a walk and not going for a walk to think going for a walk to to be a part of the journey um, and the environment in which I'm walking through, which probably sounds all a bit strange and weird, but um, you know, listening to the wind in the trees and the birds in the in the singing around, um, in the in the trees or fl- flying about, and just being really present in that moment. And it's just so, I've discovered it's just so relaxing and so recentering and so grounding. Um, and yeah, it's just been beautiful, really. Mm. Um, and I've also been, which is wasn't talked about in the um, in the series, but I've been exploring the um, the power of essential oils. And um, yeah, I mean, we've used them in the past to to make rooms smell nice and to you know to awaken the senses from that perspective. But the 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 how they help or have how I've discovered they help my mood and my um, mental health and how I feel um, and the connection between um, the, the, the sense of smell and how that impacts the brain and that kind of thing. It's actually quite remarkable. Um, and just, but just being using um, the, the essential oils either internally or through, through my sense of smell to really be present in that moment and not just, oh, that's a nice smell, but, but, Engaging with it in a in a deeper and richer way that has has been quite beneficial and quite helpful. So um, yeah, so that's one kind of current, I guess, um, mm. in the in the last thirteen weeks. So cool. It's interesting hearing you both talk because I know that even obviously you're the you know the Gibson team. Uh, you're both like super different personalities, wise, <laughs> and that's the thing. I'm we are so different. Yeah, like getting to know you both better as <laughs> you know, the, the the more years we do this together, um, it kind of strikes me, you know, as I continue to get to know you, just how different you guys are from each other, which is awesome. It's so um, coming back to my complex. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, look, it's very on. entertaining, but it's uh, it's. <laughs> <laughs> how does this work, Michael? Um, I don't know, uh, but no, but I think one of the you know kind of beautiful synergies in both what you're both saying there is that though you're you're describing your journey in, in quite different ways and in quite different terms and through quite different mediums. You're both actually talking about. Um, kind of awareness you're both talking about recognizing what this moment is you know Kath your language is more about you know this moment is a spiritual moment being a taxi at 5 30 is a spiritual moment and Clint in your own way you're talking about sort of, <laughs> you know like you're both you're both um looking for language I think that makes sense for you uh, about that sense of what it is to be not just present in the moment perhaps but even just aware of 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 the meaning that might be found in the moments that we're experiencing. Um, you know, and interestingly, as I was looking back on it, that was one of the things that, that stood out to me as well. I think as we thought about, as we talked about holiness and 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 integral to that conversation has been relationship, um, has been connectedness um, and our interconnections to the earth, to each other, to, mm. to God, mm. to ourselves. Um, and I think what struck me by that is just how much of this has to do with, um, not with lots more things on the list, like, oh, okay, so now now we've talked about holiness for 13 weeks. I've got 13 more things I have, <laughs> have to do today to be holy or, or whatever. Yes. Um, but then instead it's been this invitation to to recognise um, 
in some cases, some of the things that I'm already participating in, but to see them differently and, and in seeing them differently, not just as a kind of a, a theory, but then to experience them differently. Uh, you know, so I was thinking, I, I know one of the things that came up in the conversation we had, Clint and I, with, with Katarina on one of the early podcasts, and she talked about how mindfulness, for example, which can feel like a really big thing for a lot of people, like oh, I've got to sit here for 25 minutes and listen to my feet or whatever it was, um, you know, or, or pay attention to, to all of these things. And, and she just talked about how that for some people it is actually, um, it, it can be small things that you're already doing that you just pay attention to. And I, we talked a bit about coffee making, I think, at the time. And, and I knew that for me, making coffee was a, a thing I like to pay attention to and to the detail. And I like to have a really nice, I've just got a new coffee grinder, you know, and it just feels so good to hold. Um, and to use, and um, it's like a small thing, but to sit there uh, or to stand there every morning, when I can, <laughs> when I can find a way to be uninterrupted by a little two-year-old who's like, I want to try, um, which in itself is, is beautiful. Mm. Um, but but yeah, that, that that kind of moment wasn't it wasn't that I suddenly had to go out and start making coffee differently than I already was. It was just that there was an invitation to like tune into the moment and be present to it and go. Actually, how does this moment? ground me into this experience um and, and in some ways you know like even even recently last week if it was last week chat with julia um and some of that was just about finding language to be able to talk about the things that were already mm. happening it was just yes. finding the words it was finding the ways to to be able to communicate to understand to grapple with what was already going on um and so as we've talked about holiness and 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 you know this helps me to think about even my connectedness to god that that so much of my relationship with god if you like which can be a loaded term for some people but how much of that is actually not often about doing a whole lot more things as much as it is tuning into a connectedness that's actually already there and whether that's um being a 530 taxi or essential oils uh or <laughs> or whatever it is you know right that 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 is unique mm. in particular to us because we're in our whole community, if we were to talk about this stuff, we'd all come up with our own unique versions of events or stories that mean something for us or that hold something for us. I think too that in in that process, particularly around embodying, um, I think you get clarity on really what you you need and what your needs are. And what I have discovered as well is that you don't necessarily feel the need to keep adding to your life. Mm. Um, there's a there's a lot there's a contentment that comes with just being mm. in the moment, being present, even with even if it's stress or grief or um, high, you know, all those highs and lows. I think being in that moment and really, as you say, you know, with the conversations with Julia and um, Shirley, they were quite enlightening in understanding how we tick and work. Mm. Um, it, it changes. Well, hopefully, it will help change the way we, we work through those things and understand what our needs are and and what we ask for or what we require rather than just randomly grabbing, grabbing um, for stuff. Mm. Um, mm. So, yeah, hopefully that enlightened process brings us a sense of um, maturity around understanding our needs mm. and and maybe a contentment that, there's just some things we can do without and we actually don't need, mm. um, which is, mm. you know, is an interesting um, position to be in. Yeah, well, that was a feature of, of some of those conversations, especially around sustainability, was 
that actually there's just um, we're not really suffering from a from a lack of things to have, things to consume, things to do, um, tasks to add, um, strategies to employ. You know, we're not really um, suffering from a lack of those. We're actually suffering almost from a, from an overwhelming of those things. Uh, that that we kind of get soaked up into, and yeah, and so as I've been thinking about even that that idea of, of kind of being present to to stuff is is realizing how how our faith, how our spirituality is an invitation um, to to find meaning actually, because a lot of our life can just kind of live itself. It just kind of it's like a boulder rolling down a hill that just seems like it's just doing its thing and there's almost sort of nothing you can do about it like sometimes that's I think how life feels for some of us it's just we're, we're on the we're on the treadmill of life and there it goes and and we don't have a lot of say sometimes we don't feel like we do about about what even the shape of that looks like and sometimes we just we don't sometimes we don't have a lot of say about that you know I would have liked to have been you know living my best life over the last three or four months and leaving the city or you know some things we just don't have say over mm. and yet um, there's this beautiful invitation to find meaning um, in the midst of this and meaning it I think for me is is always connected to relationship mm. yes um, okay so so uh, if we think about this maybe more broadly than just sort of ourselves and what we've got out of this if we if we if we broaden out to, to what this might mean for us as a as a faith community you know what does this conversation on holiness actually mean for us? Uh, what could it mean for a, a community of people like us as Edge Kingsland to be shaped by some of this um, stuff? What do you think? I think, well, I think I know, uh, as I understand it, <laughs> uh, I think there's two, um, I think these are, these are a meta kind of um, view of it and a micro view of it, I, I guess. And, and I take the, the metaphor of the ocean. And so you look at the ocean and it's just this huge body of water um, that you look at and go, oh, there's the ocean. It's just one thing. And, you know, translating that to humanity, we're all humans doing our thing. Um, but then you look, uh, you know, below the surface and it's not just one single body of water, but within that body of water, um, there's currents and there's tides and there's flows um, that that operate quite differently depending on the, um, the form of the, um, the ocean floor. And I think within humanity, there's those tides, those currents, those things that are, are slightly different um, between either groups of people or within individuals. And uh, likewise with, um, you know, species of fish, there's the fish population. But within the fish population, there's different species and they all um, migrate to different parts of the ocean. They all feed on different things. They all um, procreate in different parts of the world. Uh, and it just reminds me that from a community perspective or a, a humanity perspective that although we are all the same, we're actually all quite different. And, mm. all, and even from a day-to-day -day basis, our needs, our desires, our, our, the spaces in which we embody and inhabit are, are subtly different um, from day-to-day, -day, from space-to-space, -space, from moment-to-moment. -moment. And... Uh, while that's beautiful and um, it comes back to that whole word of, you know, complexity, um, it's a real challenge mm. within a community, within a, in a, within a country, within the, glo you know, the global population. How do we live well 
when all that is going on mm. and and you know each day in each moment in each day when everyone is in a, in a different space and it's it's quite challenging um space to be in and i think it really encourages the idea of compassion and of grace mm. and mm. of love and not at a i love you because you know god made you and you and you're a human but you know i love you and by loving that person, understanding that person in the moment, you know, Julia talked last week about those wobble moments and, you know, oh, you don't quite seem the same today. Like what's going on? And and have, creating space um, and moments where we can understand what's actually going on with people. Um, once we understand what's going on with people, do we have room for compassion to to, to journey with them in that, to hold them in that. And and so I think the, these conversations we've been having um, create a huge opportunity of how we can shift um, our behaviour as as a community, not just an edge community, but as a, a wider community. And we're in a season where there's a lot going on and there's a lot of different people feeling different things worrying about different things, happy about different things, and how do we collectively hold that space and how do we collectively embody that space when we all want to embody it in slightly different ways. Mm. And, um, yeah, again, beautifully complex, um, but it's such a huge um, opportunity um, for us to, to understand the whole but to be super aware of the complexities and the intricacies that lie below the surface. Mm. Yeah, cool. Awesome. What about for you, Kath? Yeah, I actually completely pretty much similar. Um, without no. Even, totally. Totes. Without even talking <laughs> to uh, you guys about what we were going to – oh, we have talked about this. I mean, you know. I know what you mean. Yeah. Um, I had a similar metaphor – well, actually, no, a completely different metaphor for this um, – taking you back to my taxi experience and, and following on from what you've said, Clint, that was awesome, um, about being different and outworking this differently, but we're pursuing the same thing. Sometimes I think we can, you know, you sort of think about being holy and whole and you, it's easy to think that we all have to be the same, like there's the same um, things about like what you said earlier, Michael, about the set of rules or the things that you kind of, when you were younger, that you would have like the list of things mm. that make you holy. And so it's easy to kind of think of it in terms of we all have to, there's this list that we all have to kind of like tick off or go through. And we can pursue holiness um, together, which is the beauty about um kind of us doing it together at edge but the, the great thing about it too is that we can do it in an individual way like we're still it can be outworked I think in an individual way and sometimes you know individual is like sometimes gets a bit of it can get a bit of a bad rap these days like oh individualism and I yeah totally but we won't go there on that one but um I was actually thinking of this in terms of when I was picking the boys up from practice, I was sitting in the car and there was these runners that ran past me and they were like a jogging group, but actually they weren't jogging. They were like hard out running. And they came down the street, went in back in the, uh, the park and they must have gone around a loop and then suddenly they came running past me again. And so they caught my attention again. And what struck me was they were all running hard out, but they were in 
they were doing it differently though. There was a, a guy, actually, one of the guys had a push chair and he was like running hard out pushing a push chair and another one had a shirt off and one had a shirt on and someone looked like they were struggling and someone looked like they were kind of, you know, they were all fit as and, and going good. And I just, I thought, oh, that's a beautiful metaphor for what we're talking about. They're all kind of running together or sprinting together with the same um, pursuit of the same thing, but they're, because they're individuals, though, they've got an individual style with it, and we all can pursue um, holiness and being whole through the different kind of styles and that we are and the different kind of people that we are, the different personalities, different jobs we do, um, different likes and dislikes, and a bit kind of bringing it back to the ocean, like you said, Clint, there's all these creatures and fish in the ocean, but they're kind of they're different, and... Um, yeah, there's this, I think it invites us to, as a community, as Edge, to pursue being whole and pursue being holy, but it doesn't mean that we all have to uh, outlive it in, in the same way. There's some freedoms and there's some movement in what that looks like for us as a community, which I think is um, beautiful and awesome that the way we've been created um, by the Creator also allows us to... Um, pursue holiness and being whole people in a way that works for us because um and is a good is good for us and good for the community yeah i um you know i think one of the the hallmarks of of much of maybe the new testament language around community and and church is is you know, one of the images is that of a body, for example, and, and the body is, is unity and diversity. You know, Paul talks about that idea of um, each part of the body is actually different from the other uh, and there are different gifts, but it's the same, you know, he was talking about different gifts but the same spirit um, and and this interplay between between unity and diversity. And I think sometimes, and this is actually not just a faith thing, this is, a, I think, a human thing. You see it play out in politics all the time, for example, uh, is is either the tendency towards an individualism that lets go of any kind of responsibility or connectedness to the community, or a collective collectivism, if you like, in community that eliminates all of that difference and everyone mm -hmm. has to conform. And and those those are two probably quite easy paths to go down in, in many respects, because um, it's always easy to, to both both paths let go of some of the complexity. Whereas I think the invitation here is to say, yeah, how can we be a community together, um, aware of our interconnections, aware of our, um, our unity and what, and what brings us and holds us, aware that my life is not separate from your life, that my life impacts on your life and your life impacts on my life, and that as we pursue this idea of holiness, we are doing so in connections with one another. But also, as you say, Kath, doing that in ways that are distinctly our own. Mm. Doing ways that are shaped by our particular story and set of experiences and 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 personality and gifts and and all of that kind of stuff. Um. And what I love about that is that with God, He's in and through all of it, mm. and so we're not looking for a God out there to connect with. Uh, we have we we have a relationship with a God that is so intimate and mm. so entwined in this complexity, half the time we don't even sense it or see it mm. because it's just so close. Uh, and 
which has its challenges, obviously. Um, mm. In some ways, having a God that's, you know, um, and I'm reminded of that, that moment where Paul talks um, uh, in Athens to, to um, the community there and says the God that he serves, you know, isn't one of these statues in this in the city. He, he, he's, you know, you can't make him into a statue or her into a statue. And... Uh, and in some ways, making a statue of God or an image of God is almost the easy way out. This is God. This is what we. This is what he mm. he looks like or she looks like. These are his attributes. Go to God. Do what you need with God, and then come away again. But through this um, series, um, it just reinforces that fact that God is in and through everything, mm. and. Um, being present in the moment, whatever that moment looks like, um, helps us to realise that um, God is there with His peace and His joy, with His uh, um, with His grace and mercy, uh, wisdom and love. Um, all those all those beautiful attributes of God are in and through and around us. Um, and uh, yeah. I, I, I love the fact that that re- is reinforced in this series of, of holiness uh, and um, he's a part of the process. God's a part of that um, process of shaping and encouraging that diversity but keeping that diversity um, working together mm. in a way that's beautiful and whole. Yeah, cool. Um, I... Uh I love that the, the resistance all throughout the scriptures to um, the resistance to any kind of turning God into a thing, mm. an object. Um, mm. You know, the temple in the temple there was no no statue. Um, God's name couldn't even you weren't supposed to say it. Even even God's name in that sense is a you know the resistance to saying it is a recognition that the sacredness of this name invites us into a more mysterious and beautiful reality than just something you can say or see or make. Mm. Um, and, and, you know, I think Christianity doubles down on that idea in the New Testament, I think, you know, and, and, and if anything, what we see is that the image of God, if you like this, the, is, is, in, is in the word made flesh, which becomes then the invitation to see that, that where we see God is outworked in the actual real incarnated relationships of our lives, our, our connections, our, mm. our, our interconnections, yeah. um, rather than an object at the temple that you go and mm. pay homage to. Mm. Um, yeah, so it's complex, but it's but it's also beautiful. Which um, is quite freeing in the sense that with God saying, don't box me in, God is also saying to, to us, don't box ourselves in, mm. you know, don't mm. box each other in, you know, don't be quick to define and judge and put people in categories. Let you know. Let people grow and flourish to be the, the complex, beautiful person that they are. Yeah. Um, together with a whole a lot of other complex, beautiful people. Um, you know. Uh, and I think Holy Spirit really is the essence that makes it all work and ties it all together. Mm. If if we allow it and lean into mm. it and pay and be sensitive to it. Yeah, I think the thing I wanted to say perhaps about. What this does mean for our community, for 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 our faith community, for Edge, <laughs> uh, I guess his, his his the thing I've been thinking about from that perspective is how do I ask that 
or what would it mean for us to be shaped by this kind of story? So think about it as kind of what story shapes us as a community. And, um, and rather than being shaped by kind of a, um, we're sort of a, a, a bunch of depraved sinners who fortunately have found Jesus, prayed this prayer so that we get to go to heaven one day. And in the meantime, let's try and be as holy as possible. You know, that's kind of one version of a story. Mm. Um, but it just, again, compared to what we've been talking about, even even today, it just it, it seems so thin um, compared to this this invitation into to a story that actually to be human is to be, you know, whole and flourishing in these in these relationships and connections of our lives to ourselves, yes, and and then also um, God and self, God and others in creation, uh, and that that our faith journey then becomes about the cultivating of those relationships and connections and, and the flourishing of them, and that as we participate together as a community, that's what we're then about. Um, and of course there are, there are ways in which the Jesus story in particular folds into that and helps us. And, mm. and we might even say empowers us uh, and, and where we encounter the spirit present in our lives and, and are empowered to, to live into the story. I think that's kind of um, beautiful, but it's, but it's, yeah, uh, to me it holds much more promise, I suppose, for a, for a trajectory of a community mm. um, than the very sort of quite concrete, in a little box versions of faith that we can very easily um, fall into. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, it's kingdom living, isn't it? It's the upside down kingdom mm. we've referred to before, mm. uh, which, um, yeah. Yeah, it's good. Okay, so, um, hey, look, I'm going to I'm gonna finish with a benediction uh, that I have, uh, where I've tried to capture some of, of, um, of what we said throughout the series and, and kind of hold it for us in a way here, and then Clint's going to finish with a prayer. So may you come to know the God that is with you and for you and in you. And may you come to know yourself too. And not just yourself as known, but yourself as loved. And that if you are loved, then you can offer yourself kindness, compassion and grace. And may you come to see the ways we are connected to each other, our interconnections filled with the presence of the divine. And that while we may be different, there is no other. And so may you come to love your neighbor as you love yourself. And may you see the ways that we are of the earth, that to be human is not a calling to be more than creation, but to be deeply connected and to help her flourish. And so may you come to accept and inhabit holiness as a gift from God. In all of your real humanness, beautiful and flawed, whole and a work in progress, all of it loved and known and embraced by a God who is good. Yeah, thank you, God, that you have made a world that is so beautiful and so complex. I thank you for uh, us as a human uh, reflection of you. Uh, that you have made us uh, beautiful and complex. And I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you hold those complexities um, uh, together in harmony uh, and peace and unity. And I pray that uh, as the truth and the wisdom that we've gleaned over this uh, series, as it sinks um, into the soil of our being, I pray that um, it would reshape 
how we see ourselves, how we see the world around us, uh, how we see each other, and how we see you. And that, with that, we find a new sense of freedom, a new sense of self, uh, and really appreciate the beautiful relationships we have uh, with each other, with you, and this beautiful creative world you have blessed us with. Thank you, God. Amen. Amen. Thank you, team. And uh, look, we hope you've enjoyed this series and have found it to be helpful. Amen. Yeah.